2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
3: anyway carver hi just wanted to say i watched the uh McEnroe documentary on uh, showtime i don't know if you knew that was out but it's out now and it's really long, it's like almost two hours, but uh, I have to wow. tell you, it was just phenomenal. I mean, it really was incredible, especially if you're, you know, I guess of age to have experienced John McEnroe play. If you saw him, uh, his whole career from the age of 18 on, um, he was my favorite uh, player in the world, uh, bar none. I loved him uh, with his wooden racket. I I played the game, I did everything. Uh, that he did, I used the wooden rackets. I I wanted to be him. I wanted to play tennis because of him. It was the same reason he became a tennis player was because of Bjorn Borg. Uh, He was uh, infatuated with Borg's rock star, uh, you know, following. He was literally a a phenomenon and literally the most famous tennis player in the world. He was a supermodel guy that women wanted. Everywhere he went, he got chased by millions of women and paparazzi, couldn't leave his own house. It ruined him. He quit the sport at 25 uh, because of his uh, fame. And he was such a quiet guy, the Swede, right? But uh, McEnroe, when he played on without him, uh, he said the rest of his career was meaningless without Bjorn Borg uh, playing against him in majors. Uh, He talked about everyone, his uh, friendship with Gary Elias, how much he hated Jimmy Connors, uh he called connor's every name in the book in this documentary i mean you literally at c word he called him everything and jimmy connor's probably has the worst reputation of being a stuck-up asshat in the history of the sport he was the most snobby uh guy ever and he's still that guy to this day won't cooperate with anyone won't do interviews won't be nice to anyone he's just a p and uh it, this documentary will blow your mind if you like john McEnroe, if you hate john McEnroe. And it talks about him being a father, his marriages to Tatum O'Neill and Patty Smythe, uh, being a dad uh, with his son with Tatum, his daughter with Smythe, uh, what he's like living in New York. And now he's become the most famous tennis broadcaster ever, more than Bud Collins, uh, more than Cliff Drysdale, more than anyone. Uh, he is tennis. And it is amazing to me. It's like A-Rod in baseball. The guy cheated and did roids and is the most A famous guy in baseball, and then McEnroe was the bad boy of tennis, nothing but trouble. He used to hocker on paparazzi, he'd spit on him. He'd literally come out of a hotel and drop a lube right on your face. And he got in every kind of skirmish known to man. I gotta tell you, I watched this thing, not only was it badass, but the music that they play, because he's a rocker, he plays guitar. The music that they played in, I don't know if you saw my tweet that they played Johnny Rotten's Public Image Limited at the end of the documentary when the credits rolled. I mean, this was one of the best documentaries I think I've ever seen in my life.
4: It sounds like a very good one. I will have to check it out. And we do have to remember, nobody is bigger than Cliff Drysdale, especially on Coast to Coast. (laughs) Nobody is bigger than Cliff. Uh, What a weekend for him with the martinis, watching our guy Nick Kyrios. Get right. to the uh, quarters tonight where he's like Over a Medvedev. minus 440 favorite against some guy. Yeah, beat him for the second time this year. This Hey, if he's ever going to win a major, it's wide open for him right now. He got rid of Medvedev. Right. The big three aren't going to be there for the rest of the week. This is Curios's chance and, to win big. And Berrettini lost today to Rude.
3: Rude's yep, playing great yep. tennis. I have a feeling Rude's going to be there as well, at least in the semis.
4: Uh, we welcome in all of our radio affiliates for El Coast to Coast on a Tuesday, Sirius XM 159, Map Sports Byline. Good to have everybody with us today. All right, let's fly through some of this baseball. Later, we'll do all the games tonight. Blue Jays swept that doubleheader in Baltimore, Scotty. Bad news for the Orioles. They're now four and a half back. Bo Bichette had three homers in game number two. We got to at least hear this on Sportsnet in Toronto.
1: Behind where the Blue Jays are. As Bichette cranks another one. Deep left center, it's gone!
5: A three-home-run
1: game for Bo Bichette.
3: Man, oh man.
4: Man, oh man.
3: I mean, uh, they're just playing great. 11 of 12 on the road, and they are as dangerous a team uh, going towards October that there is in baseball I've said this to you from the very beginning of the season that the Blue Jays lineup with those bats and decent pitching that they are going to be a player in this postseason and they're playing better baseball I think right now than just about anybody in the game except the Dodgers.
4: Uh, The Rays continue to win. They beat the Red Sox 4-3. They were down in that game, Scotty. Peralta put them ahead in the seventh. They gave Enrique Hernandez a one-year extension. Brewers needed a three-run shot from Victor Caratini to beat the Rockies 6-4. The Nationals beat the Cardinals, as we spoke about. Sunday, Scotty, Pujols hit number 695. So we're five away. We want to get over. We want to get that 700 sky to get that big ticket that we got on pools. We need five more in the next few weeks. I think we're going to get there. What about you?
3: I think we're going to get there with pool easily in 28 games. And I think we're going to get there. As I've already said today with judge needing eight.
4: I think we're going to sweat pool man, but I, I think he's going to get there, but I think we're going to sweat it all the way into those final couple of days. Why of would B-backs we? He's been hitting p- a home run every single week. He, he he has. I just, I I don't know. I just feel like the bottom's going to fall out at any time on this run that he's Ye had. got. He of little faith.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All
3: right, Rick Haro is our sports uh, legal insider and all sports business guru of choice on the network and on Coast to Coast. And he's back on today to talk about a number of things. I already said on the show earlier that uh, the McEnroe uh, documentary on Showtime, I don't know if you saw it, Rick, but it is absolutely phenomenal. And you experienced this guy's entire career from uh, coming up in New York at 18 and what he went through losing to Connors and, and Borg in the early stages of his career. And then what he did in the rivalry with Borg and then eventually beating up on Connors multiple times, taking over tennis for four years. He was number one in the world and won 155 singles and doubles titles, a record that stands today. Uh, and he's the voice of tennis. I mean, I-, I was blown away by the documentary. It was phenomenal. Now we're watching a guy, and I hope you watch it. It is well worth the two hours. And then uh, now we're watching a guy that's in his spitting image in Nick Kyrgios, a hothead, a temper, a trouble, Maker, a bad boy uh, with his uh, treatment of everyone, the umpires, crowds, fans, media. uh, He is uh, nothing but bad news. But boy, do I love rooting for him. As much as I loved rooting for McEnroe, he was always my favorite.
5: Just watch the ratings. Watch the ratings every other night when he plays all week. Serena carried week one. He carries week two. And the one thing he has that McEnroe didn't is social media. The one thing McEnroe had that he doesn't is he can't argue line calls. McEnroe could. (laughs) Now what's he going to argue about? So he talks to himself now, which is great. Uh, It's going to uh, buttress the business of sports psychologists all over the world. But I will tell you with him, not to say they're the same personality, but if you're looking for two faces of men's tennis in the next 10 years, my bet is on Tiafo and Kyrios.
3: I'll tell you what, uh, Tiafa was unbelievable against Nadal. Uh, he dominated him, I thought, uh, yesterday. And you could see in the end, Nadal finally hit a wall and just frankly, yeah. he knew it was over and he was going to lose and he just, he just let him do it. It, it. In like those final three games, you could tell he knew he couldn't beat him. The guy was hitting the ball way too hard, way too fast from all angles and Nadal's serve was so bad he was doomed he couldn't he double faulted like 10 times.
5: Yeah, but and here was here was the interesting thing. Uh, they respect each other, they really do. Although uh you know Tiafo wanted to give him a hug, he pushed him away. No man hugs, okay? You won your match. Go go cheer. It's exciting. Thank you for elevating men's tennis. I'm just not ready to hug you today. And Nadal has something left in him. I really think so. I'm not sure about Federer. I'm not sure whether Djokovic is ever going to come back to the U.S. unless the uh, vaccination policies are changed. But I do think Nadal has a couple of U.S. Opens left in him.
3: I think his uh, time ran out at Wimbledon with the core muscle injury and then yeah, he never played tennis until the US Open yeah. and he looked good, but he was not in the shape that he was when he left right. Roland Garros and went to London. He had it all going in London. I think he would have won Wimbledon until he tore his muscle in his stomach and I think that ruined his season.
5: Yeah, you know what's important in all of this from a business perspective is that ESPN signed that uh, 10-year, 707, 11-year, $770 million deal with ESPN and the U.S. Tennis Association in 2014. And we're up against the end of it right now. What a great time to start negotiating. CBS dropped it for $30 million a year. That was nowhere near uh, the ESPN bid. Boy, they wish
3: they had it back, but ESPN is not going to give it up. All right, let's talk about uh, the college football playoff expansion. What do you know?
5: Well, what I know is that the president took it over. It was 11-0 unanimous. Now they leave it to their COOs of athletics, their athletic directors, to quote-unquote work out the details. They don't want to be bothered. All they want to do is to say, we're going to have 12 teams. We understand what the format's going to be. We're going to have buys. Then we're going to have on-campus games in that first round. It's going to be really exciting. And everybody talking about 2026. What we don't realize is the fine print, which is there are contracts That expire in 2026, but there's more money to be made the earlier you make them expire and start new ones. So my bet is that it happens earlier than 2026,
3: maybe 25, maybe 24. How about uh, the NFL television ratings are about to explode this week? Well, let's put it this way.
5: We have 17.5 million people who watch regular season games. That's up 10% over the year before. It's 220 million people, you know, watching the Super Bowl. We're now over 220 million people. That's an incredible number, even though some say that's too high. But nobody really quibbles about it because it's juggernaut. 48 of the top 50 shows on television, NFL games. So we understand how big that is. I'm watching two Thursday nights from now because the Amazon streaming deal, that's when a lot of people are gonna realize they tune tune in conventional networks, where's the game? (laughs) Well, they gotta go find it. And that means that streaming numbers will be off the charts this year as well.
3: Yeah, I have to say I have my reservations about whether or not a lot of people are gonna sign up for Amazon for NFL games and pay the freight to watch a football game. I think they might get burned on that deal because now you got to pay for everything. you got to pay for every single streaming service. People have 10, 12 different streaming services going. They're paying another 200 bucks a month total for all those and their cable bill and their electric bill and their mortgage. And people are going to realize when they have to trim the fat, the first thing they're going to trim is all those streaming services they don't watch.
5: Yeah, maybe, except if I'm wanting the Thursday night game, and I want to have all the access to an incredible movie library and old TV shows. And I get access to Amazon delivery rates. Maybe I trim other fat. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that the marketing directors get paid for way beyond my pay grade. I don't take that kind of risk because I think by two or three Thursdays from now, we're going to be right or wrong. Everybody going to talk about the number of people tuning in, but the real number is who has subscribed to Amazon that didn't subscribe in early September.
3: I want to know, maybe next week you can find out who uh, is, like, winning those, you know, uh, Apple TV baseball Friday night games, uh, the prime games on Amazon that the Yankees are on some nights. I want to know who is actually watching those games and what those ratings are because I just – I think most New Yorkers are furious. They have to go uh, pay Apple Plus and pay – Prime to watch the Yankees. I think the Yankees should be on cable every single game, every single night, the entire season. The fact that you have to pay for that now, I think, is absolute BS. Who's going to get the licenses in Massachusetts for sports books?
5: Oh, it's down to only 40 of your closest friends. <laughs> so uh, it's going to be all the traditional guys. Uh, the Fanville DraftKings, the Caesars, BetMGM, all the people we know. And then there will be uh, Suffolk Downs and some of the other racetracks that have earned the equity because they've been around for so long. Then some other groups that will come out of left field at the last minute. But it's following the usual deal. First, there are the moral issues. Don't do it. Then that becomes forget it because we have the economics and infrastructure. Then we've got a deadline. Then it narrowly passes. Then the governor creates a timeline to sign up for x months from now and then everybody starts hopping on it's not a question in massachusetts as we know of if anymore it's a question of when and it's long overdue
3: why did crypto get out of the champions league
5: well some would say they're running out of money but uh you know we have on our podcast a uh Uh, Kind of shameless plug this week, uh, Lee Zeidman. And we also have on the record show this week. He's the guy that runs Crypto.com Arena. And he talks about how important that sponsorship is in the future. And it is interesting because the crypto business, we would all agree, is not as strong and robust in September as it was at Super Bowl time last February. So let's see where that goes. It was a major bet to spend $750 million for Staples Center. It's a big bet to get out of this deal, and they may have gotten out of it
3: just in time, although we'll see. All right, uh, real quick, uh, I'll just say that uh, the Yankees bought a piece of AC Milan, the soccer club, and BetMGM got a deal with the Kansas City Chiefs because now you can bet in Kansas and Missouri. and So that's a great deal for the Chiefs and BetMGM. You got Rick, great stuff. We'll see you again next week. Thank you.
1: <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese. you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: Don't forget, you got to get the BetMGM app to get great deals like betting 10 bucks on any baseball game. You win 200 if either team hits a home run. All you have to do is use the bonus code MLBHR2022. That's MLBHR2022, the year we're in. That ten bucks on any game. Win two hundred if either team hits a home run. All right, Carver. Hi, we got a lot of baseball games tonight. At least uh, one that have not been washed already on the East Coast.
4: Uh, We certainly do have a lot of games. A couple of leftover things I'll quickly throw at you. Cease lost that no-hitter on Saturday against the Twins with two outs in the ninth. What a bummer. Otani homered twice yesterday. Trout hit his 30th. Angels actually won a game. Oscar Gonzalez had a huge hit for the Guardians. They got an extra inning win over the Royals. Max Scherzer left his start on Saturday, feeling fatigued on his left side. Looks like he that was precautionary, and he's going to be okay. Uh, now we will get to tonight's game, Scotty, in baseball. We will start at PNC, where the Mets and the Buckos could not get together yesterday, rained out. They will try again tonight, then play a doubleheader tomorrow. Taiwan Walker against Mitch. Yes, call me Helen Keller. Uh, Mets minus two twenty-five at PNC. Buckos plus one eighty-five. Total of eight.
3: Yeah, you know, I like the over in the mats. I just don't see any scenario where they're not teeing off on Helen Keller tonight in Pittsburgh.
4: The Red Sox are at the trop again against the Rays tonight. They have Rich Hill going for them. Uh, Chargios goes for the Rays, minus 135 for Tampa, plus 110 for Boston, 7.5 is the total.
3: Well, I thought Rasmussen was supposed to start against Hill, so I was on the Rays. Uh, I gotta tell you, I, I got no problem taking a stab at a buck forty with the Red Sox tonight against Shargios uh, whoever the hell that is. The guy's pitched seven innings the whole year. Uh, I'll take a shot with the Red Sox, even though I was on the Rays at the beginning of the day because of Rasmussen. I was leaning on that one forty all day, wondering if I should go for it with the Red Sox. The last time Hill faced him last week, he struck out eleven Rays. So. I might take a flyer on them tonight at a buck forty.
4: The fish are in Philadelphia to play the Phillies tonight. Marlins and the Phillies. Jesus Lazardo against Aaron Nola. Phillies heavy lumber minus two twenty five. Marlins plus a buck eighty. Total of seven in this one.
3: How about that number? I- I'm going to take a shot at the under with the Phillies. Both of these guys, Lazardo hasn't been bad at all with a three four ERA, and uh, Nola uh, same thing, right? So maybe it'll be a good pitching matchup. Keep it under. I like the Phillies in a close one.
4: Orioles and the Jays again tonight. Orioles need this one bad. or they are going to fall five and a half back in that wild card? White against Braddish is the pitching matchup at Camden. Minus 110 each way, Scotty. Total eight and a half.
3: This is the hardest game of the day for me because, uh, I, you know, I was looking at it, and I thought, uh, all right, can the Orioles and Braddish beat this team? For me, they're just too hot, uh, Mike. 11 of 12 on the road. They swept the doubleheader. Why would I not go back with them? Because it was the matchup with White and Braddish. I don't believe in White at all. But I do believe in the Jays' bats right now, the way they're playing on the road, every day, winning every game they play. 11 of 12 on the road. How do I get away from that? I don't.
4: Reds and the Cubbies playing out the string uh, for the next few weeks at Wrigley tonight done against Wade Miley uh, Cubbies minus 150 Reds plus a buck 25 seven and a half the total.
3: I mean, where is Wade Miley been right? Like he's pitched 19 <laughs> innings the whole year. Uh, I'm going to go with the Cubs here for no reason whatsoever. I wouldn't touch this game with a 10 foot pole.
4: Nationals have been playing a lot better, as we've said. They're in St. Louis again tonight against the Cardinals. Jose Quintana goes for the Redbirds, Espino for the Nats. Big lumber here, minus 250 for the St. Louis, total of eight. I'm going to
3: go over, and I'll take uh, Quintana, the left-hander, against Espino, and the reason is Espino is is just bad luck. I mean, he's god-awful. He never wins. He hasn't won a game the whole year, so... The Nats are playing well, though, so I'm hoping that you get a lot of runs in this one. I'd rather bet the total over eight than I would either side.
4: Guardians and the Royals again tonight. Guardians, the big extra inning win a night ago. Have Shane, don't call me Justin Bieber, going against Bubic tonight for the Royals, who, as we know, Scotty, not very good. Minus 200 for Cleveland, total seven and a half in this one.
3: I'm going over here. Bubik hair's on the mound. He's 2-10. He's awful. Bieber's going to eat him up. I got Cleveland and, and a lot of runs.
4: From Valdez goes for the Astros tonight against the Rangers. C Otto gets the ball for them. Minus 275 for Houston. Plus 220 for the Rangers. 7.5 is the total.
3: Yeah, look, I need the Astros to score runs, and I need them to win this game by a couple runs, and so I'm all over Houston here in the over.
4: Brewers and the Rockies at Coors Field tonight. Brandon Woodruff against Chad. You're so cool. Brewers minus 190. Rockies plus $1. fifty five. total of 11.
3: I just think uh, Woodruff's too tough. I still like the Brewers here in the thin air tonight.
4: Angels looking to win again. They have the Tigers in town. Myers goes against Eduardo Rodriguez, who, of course, has been in and out of the lineup all year for Detroit. Uh, Angels minus 130, Tigers plus 105, eight the total in that one.
3: Another uh, pair of teams I don't want anything to do with. I think the Tigers have already got the glad bags out. They're, uh, you know, packing it in for the season. Give me the Angels.
4: Good pitching matchup tonight between the Diamondbacks and the Padres. Merrill Kelly against Joe Musgrove. Padres minus 165 plus a $1. buck 40 for Arizona. Total of flat seven at Petco.
3: I was tempted uh, to go for it. Like uh, on Kelly, I told you earlier, I'm going to stay under here and take Musgrove and the Padres. I don't think they lose four straight at Petco.
4: Kyle Wright goes for the Braves tonight, Scotty. They are in Oakland to take on the Athletics. In fact, he's going for his 18th win. Cole Irvin for the A's at the ashtray. Braves are minus 225, total of eight.
3: How do I get off the Braves? They've won five in a row and Wright's 17-5. I'm on the Braves, and I think they'll beat Irvin easily.
4: Johnny Cueto and Gilbert Grape up in Seattle. White Sox and the Mariners. Mariners, Scotty, minus 155, plus 125 for the Sox, 7.5 the total.
3: I hit an incredible bet yesterday with the White Sox winning uh, there in the first game of that series, 3-2. to two, And I think Seattle had the bases loaded there in the ninth inning. It was very stressful. I'm going to go Gilbert Grape here in Seattle over the White Sox tonight uh, in, in the Pacific Northwest. Give me the
4: M's. And finally, the heavy lumber of the night uh, is in Los Angeles where Dodgers try to bounce back after losing to the Giants last night, Scotty. Tyler Anderson will go for them. Uh, Brebbia goes for the Giants, minus 350 for L.A., plus 260 for San Francisco, eight and a half is the total.
3: Yeah, I mean, they're 10-4 and against the Giants this year, so I'm all over the Dodgers uh, tonight in this game. And then... Uh, I'm going to go under here because I think Anderson's going to put on a show and Rebbe hasn't been bad at all with his ERA in the 56 innings of work. So I'm going to take a stab at the under, but I'm still on the Dodgers.
4: There you go. That is your night, Scotty, in Major League Baseball. Let's cash lots of tickets with the games and with the lion share. I do have time to give you the standings. I told you that I would give them to you if I did. American League East which we've been looking at closely, of course, recently, uh, is now Yankees a five-game lead over the Rays, four in the loss column. So the Yankees with 54 losses, the Rays have 58 now, and Toronto is in the conversation too, Scotty. They are five-and-a-half back, five in the loss as we hit the final few weeks of the season.
3: I just still can't even fathom that uh, the lead has shrunk we're to five from 15 and a half on July 8th. <laughs> and I, I told you, I thought the Rays would sweep them in Tampa over the weekend. They took two of three. Bases uh, on second and third with two outs in the night. Bad call. That was a ball four. Would have loaded the bases. They would have had a shot to sweep the series and wake up today three back. Instead, it's five. And I do think that uh, Toronto's playing better baseball than Tampa.
4: I can't believe we're having this conversation, uh, honestly, in the first week of September with the first three months of the year that the Yankees had in the AL Central. Seems like nobody wants to win. Every time somebody looks like they're getting a little bit of separation, they lose three out of four, have a bad weekend. The Guardians, Scotty, have a one-game lead over the Twins, and now just a two-game lead over the White Sox. Every time we throw dirt on the White Sox, they're still alive, Scotty. They still have a chance.
3: They have a better chance of that, the Central, than they do a wild card, which I think their chances yes. are nil. But I have no idea who's going to win this division because I think all three of them are fair to Midland.
4: They are all fair to Midland, and you are absolutely right about the wild card chances now of those teams that don't win the Central. As you will see here, the separation is now very clear, Scotty. Rays, Mariners, and Blue Jays All four and a half up on the Orioles, who are the next closest, then the Twins, then the White Sox, who are seven and a half. I think our three wildcard teams, at the minimum, are starting to come into focus here.
3: Particularly if the Orioles lose tonight and it's five and a half when they wake up tomorrow.
4: Uh, No question about that. The other one I'll give you is the NL East, because it is just one. Mets have a one-game lead on the Braves uh, after losing two out of three to the Nationals this weekend.
3: I mean, I, I can't even fathom that Scherzer, and DeGrom, and Diaz, and this Mets team can't get rid of the Braves. It smells like the Braves are gonna take them. They're definitely gonna win tonight, I think. Uh, but I think the Braves are uh, really sore than that.
1: That's definitely not a problem, Uh, Reese. You did it. You stumped this charming devil. All
3: right, we're all back on Coast to Coast. Adam Kaplan is our NFL insider and regular contributor here on Coast to Coast, and you see him all over Sports Grid. Uh, And he's on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, usually with us during the NFL season. Of course, yesterday being Labor Day. Hope you had a good holiday. He's on today. He'll be on again Thursday and Friday this week, I believe. So uh, let's start with the Steelers. No surprise to any of us here that Trubisky got the job. Uh, Are you surprised at all uh, that Pickett is the number two and Rudolph the number three? Did any of it
7: surprise you at all? No, but there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, I have to give Mike Tomlin credit. I, I covered this business for 20 years. And you know, this a quarterback, when you completely open up a competition between three quarterbacks, it generally means you don't have one guy that you like. So you open it up and I have to tell you, if am talking to people there, it brought out the best of all three, even Mason Rudolph, who, who more or less had been somewhat of a disappointment over his career, never really pushed for a starting job there uh, against Roethlisberger, even when Ben was struggling, but the, it, this brought out the best of them. Matter of fact, Pickett, who started training camp as the third, you saw him start to really play well in the preseason, whereas training camp maybe a little reluctant to throw the ball downfield, which they're going to do more of uh, now that they've moved on from Roethlisberger to Trubisky because Trubisky's got a good arm. But it actually brought out the, the, the best of the competition. In fact, Trubisky, he had the small advantage going to the, the final preseason game. He clearly won it with that, that performance. He was really good there. And, you know, I was telling you uh, a a little while ago about how well he did in Buffalo from the Bills telling me behind the scenes as their number two quarterback last year. They were really surprised at how good he looked because, you know, it didn't didn't end well for him in Chicago. So Trubisky now is clearly the starter. And I give Mike Tomlin credit. But the question here is for Alfred Tomlin is, how patient will he be with Pickett, the only first-round quarterback this year, waiting in the wings?
3: I mean, uh, obviously it's because uh, Trubisky has been there, done that, experienced first team, NFL, offense, defense, being a franchise player, which is what he was in Chicago when they drafted him at that high uh, at number two. So, and I don't blame him for what happened in Chicago. Uh, I blame that front office and that coaching staff and the fact that they didn't have anybody around him. They really didn't. They had Robinson who they never uh, made happy. He left, he's with the Rams now. They brought in Khalil Mack, who was already toast. Uh, and now he's playing somewhere else and you're gonna see even less of him. But they blame Trubisky for everything in Chicago. And meanwhile, they took him to two playoff runs. How about blame Eddie Pinero for that shank kick in that playoff game from 25 yards out and blame Mooney for the drop of a flea flicker bomb in New Orleans. They blame Mitchell Trubisky for everything.
7: You haven't gotten over that drop. You, you mentioned that like twenty times from last year. Do you get over the drop it. of
3: Tart in the Niners playoff game? Yeah, I'm I, not getting over yeah. that. Did they? They got rid of him.
7: Yeah, no doubt. And you wanted, you still want, you still want uh, R- uh, Higgins, the receiver, to get the ball more. Uh, you were disappointed in the playoffs. And well, of course I do.
0: The
7: yeah, with Super Bowl rather. But look, the fact of the matter is, Trubisky is their starter. And this is uncharted water here from Mike Tomlin because he only knows Ben Rothberg as a starter for his entire tenure. There's got to be patience here with Trubisky. Now, one thing I would tell you that the reason, the reason or reasons why Trubisky never really made it long-term despite making the playoffs as a starting quarterback two of the four years, it's the inexplicable mistake at the wrong time. Just stay within structure. You know, he's a pretty good athlete, good enough size, has a good arm. They just have to understand things are going to happen. When he makes a mistake, don't make the same mistake twice. Don't force the football. They've got the running game, and they love George Pickens, who's been an unbelievable story. I'm told here with George Pickens, their second-round second, second round receiver out of Georgia,
3: Right. did
7: well. Not with just Trubisky. With everyone he worked with, he kicked butt. He's a breakout player as a rookie here for the Steelers, and they're going to be a fun football team. Look for this offense to be more wide open here from the changeover, from Roethlisberger, to. Trub- to trubisky in his first year as a starter and by the way trubisky a two-year deal worth 14.3 million to get to the second year which is no guaranteed money he's gonna have to play well
3: do you think his leash will be short and tight and any failure at all will lead to uh an exit from that job and picket getting uh thrown into the wolves because i i also don't think that's uh fair
7: that's the big question, and I'm going to say this because this is again uncharted water here for the head coach Mike Tomlin. I do believe he'll be patient, because this is a guy, Mitch Trubisky. He was very high on. He, this is a guy that he didn't make the call here. The front office did, but he liked that move. And I'll also tell you, he he he's a big Kenny Pickett guy, um, because obviously playing at Pitt, he, he saw him at the, playing in the same stadium as they play at home. So he was very familiar with the player. And they know Pickett's their start of the future. That's not in question. I do believe to answer your question, and it's ser- obviously it's the number one question is how patient will be. I would expect him to. He is carte blanche, Tomlin. Nobody gets involved from the front office standpoint of ownership. They let him do what he wants. And Tomlin will do the right thing here. But the question will be, and we'll talk more about this on Thursday, is what could this team do now with the change of quarterback? Will they be a better football team? Nice defense, not great in the secondary. The offensive line's a little bit shaky. But when you have an athletic quarterback, a younger quarterback like Trubisky, who's been through a lot now, he's been through everything you can imagine, being benched, being told he's the next guy in Chicago, then being taken away from him, then go to Buffalo to revive his career. This is a situation absolutely that bears watching.
3: Do you think they'll uh, give the Bengals a good game on Sunday in Cincinnati?
7: I expect it to be high scoring. Now, understand a couple of things here offensively, typically the defenses are ahead of the offenses early on, particularly week one. That's where it's going to be interesting because the Bengals are kind of banged up then in the last season into the playoffs. The Bengals have four new starters on their offensive line. Joe Burrow is not coming back now from an injury. He was rehabbing last summer. Now he's he's not rehabbing anything. They're good to go on offense. Nice defense. Their secondary has been replenished. They're going to be good. But they're not going to shock anyone like last year. Every year there's a team that comes out of nowhere, who was worst, and then goes to first. My pick this year, and we'll we'll talk more about this on Thursday, as I, I told you on Monday, is going to be Denver. They go from seven wins to win that AFC West. I know you think I'm out of my mind, but the Steelers could bounce back here. They're going to be a little bit more competitive because I expect this offense under Matt Canada, who was kind of restricted by what he had to do with Rothberger because he only likes the offense a certain way, they're going to be more wide open, and I, I look forward to seeing what they do this week against the Bengals.
3: All right, let's talk about Matt Stafford as they
7: get ready for this yeah. game with the
3: Bills, the Thursday night opener at SoFi for the NFL pain day season.
7: Yeah, so Stafford, I happen to be there the day, Pharrell, when Stafford was shut down in training camp with his right elbow tendonitis. He's, he's good to go. It, it, there's residual soreness here. When they have to, they'll back off. He took all the first-team reps. They didn't limit him this week. And... He's firing at all cylinders. They didn't practice him a ton in training camp. He's ready to go. He told the media this. He, he's ready to go, as I understand it, from talking to one really plugged-in team source there. Looks really good. But what happens is, Pharrell, and you know this is going to be a passing offense, you got to see how this looks on Thursday night. It gets a team they're going to have to throw against in the Buffalo Bills. Let's see how it looks when you could actually get rushed and tackled and, and pressured. Now, they're probably, as I understand, not going to have Van Jefferson, their number three receiver. He had knee surgery earlier in August. Uh, I'm told there there's some also some cartilage that had to be repaired. So uh, I put him in the doubtful category. He hasn't practiced this week. Today was the last day of practice tomorrow, so walkthrough. So it, it's doubtful he'll be able to play. Ben Skoranek will fill in for him. And in this game on Thursday, we'll talk more about it, but I'll give you one nugget here. Look for Tyler Higbee, who set an NFL record in 2019, four consecutive 100-yard games. Look for his role to grow a little bit in the passing game until Van Jefferson comes back because they're just not very deep at wide receiver. And Tyler Higby is a super athletic tight end. I don't know why they don't use him more as they did in 2019, but they will use him more until he returns. And also in this game, this is, you mentioned Al Robinson. This is his debut. This is a home game, obviously. And uh, I'm interested to see how they use him here. Cooper Cup is obviously their their slot receiver. This, the former staff, I'm told, in Chicago wanted to move him permanently to the slot because they didn't think he was explosive as he used to be. So keep an eye on that. But the bottom line is when you look at this team, this is going to be a great matchup. I cannot wait for it.
3: I mean, Robinson, Cup, and Higby, who cares about Jefferson when you got talent like that three ways on the offense? Stafford should be able to do whatever he wants. And then the Bills secondary is missing their top player, and they're starting some rookie uh sixth rounder, no one's ever heard
7: of. Yeah, so this is this is fascinating. So you know, matchups are everything in the National Football League. The Bills are going to have Jordan Poirier, their start uh, safety, who hurt his elbow in the preseason. He, he's good to go. But their top corner, Tredavious White, depending on who you speak with, he's a top five to top seven corner of the National Football League. If you might recall, he suffered a torn ACL in their Thanksgiving game. He's in practice since last season. He's, he's just not ready yet. So they, they kept him on reserve PUP. That means he misses the first four games. So they've got two rookies, Kair Elam who's a first rounder out of Florida and Christian Benford from Villanova is the sixth rounder. Those two guys will fill in. As we just said, the Rams are going to spread them out. They're going to go after those two young kids who are rookies. And this is why this game should be high scoring. I know week one sometimes fools you because sometimes the offenses are not in sync, but I'm telling you, they're going to go. You you know that if I'm Sean McVay and Liam Cohen, the OC, you already know this. You're going in knowing in this game that they've got a major advantage here. And go after that those corners here, and I expect them to do that. Dane Jackson on the other side. This, to me, is a major advantage. And uh, the over-under, you you got to look at the over here. And the, the Bills, though, they were the top pass defense from last season. This is going to be hard for them for, the, for at release the first four games and why I believe uh, the Rams have a major advantage here in this matchup.
3: I mean, I,
7: listen, I respect
3: that these kids are talented, but they're going to get eaten alive by Cup and Robinson. There is no way yep. that you can tell me – Some no name fifth, sixth round draft pick can guard Cooper Cup or Allen Robinson in an NFL game. They are going to get shredded. They are going to throw the ball at whoever that is. If they have to start both of them, they're dead in that passing game. They're dead. Cooper Cup, he roasts. He would be able to roast White, who's the best corner in the league, and no one can
7: stop Cup. Yeah, he is unbelievable, and he has lost absolutely nothing. He he, Obviously, he set all all these NFL records last season. He's incredible. You know, their offensive line isn't great, but it doesn't need to be. They just have to protect. Now, this is also, interesting. the debut of of Von Miller on the other side. So we'll talk more about this Thursday. But this is a phenomenal matchup. I'm so glad that they have this game in SoFi. Uh, This, again, should be phenomenal. You don't have to worry about weather. And you got a matchup there, which we're going to talk more about on Thursday, but that to me tilts the, this absolutely tilts this matchup, the absence of Drew Davis-White, the start corner for the Bills.
3: How do you think his elbow will hold up through the season? Let's say, what do you think his elbow is going to be like week 10?
7: See, that's, but what they'll do, Pharrell, okay, this is what, as I understand it, when it would get sore they'd back off in training camp so what you do is you have three days of training camp three days of practice in the regular season training camp they they'd they back off they'll back off when they need to unless it's unbelievably painful he'll take it he'll just take reps every day so they'll they'll be careful with them and john lawford is a is a better backup than uh than you think he's he, he's a timing-based quarterback who's been with them for several years they they actually like him he's a pretty good athlete little guy though about six feet but obviously, that'd be a drop-off if Stafford can't play. But this is obviously something we're going to watch. We're going to watch this Thursday night, and, and it can't be underestimated. But just to, talking to a plugged-in team source, he's, like, really, really good throwing the football, Stafford. and They did the right thing. And he's also been honest with them when it hasn't felt right.
3: Listen, if this guy isn't playing at the end of the season, they have no chance with Wofford to do anything, in my opinion. It's all about his elbow the whole season. That's the story to watch. We'll see you later in the week, Adam. Great stuff.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
6: Reese's Peanut
1: Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
3: All right, fast forward. Pharrell on your face on the Pharrella finish. The Glazers put a $3.75 billion price tag on Man U which could allegedly spark interest from owners in Dubai that would be interested in buying the Premier League club, the legendary Man U football team. Unbelievable. Jake Paul will fight Anderson Silva in a boxing match on October 29th in Phoenix. Eight rounds at 187 pounds. Everybody's saying that Jake Paul is finally going to fight someone. I'm not sure I, I believe that. Uh, Cyril Ghosn, how about that knockout? Mafia called it over to beat Beatdown in Paris. Tyson Fury is open to working with the WWE. JT Miller and the Canucks agree to a seven year extension in Vancouver. Lonzo Ball doubtful for the start of the season. Cam Newton's ex takes him to court over a $20,000 utility bill. Jesus Price twenty thousand. What are you doing growing weed? <laughs> Who's got a utility bill that high? A rod single again after bringing up with Catherine Padgett, the blonde. He sat courtside with the T Wolves games. Study finds people who snore are more likely to get cancer. Carver High, you and I are doomed. Jockey Gerard Melanson arrested in Louisiana on uh, allegation of unnatural stimulation of horses. It's not sexual. They were saying that he's shocking them. Shock the monkey, your boy, Melanson, giving him a little extra juice on the backstretch, Carver High. Argentine, uh, they uh, suspend all football matches after their vice president. You see the guy try to come up with a gun and blow her head off? The gun wouldn't discharge. He tried to kill, assassinate the vice president from like two feet away. Former heavyweight boxer Ernie Shavers dies in 78. Let's me know how old I am. Bed Bath & Beyond executive identified as a man who jumped off a New York City skyscraper to his death in Manhattan. Ooh, Fiona Farrow says her former tennis coach raped her multiple times when she was 15. A mistrial declared in the child sex abuse case against John Wetland. GTV is next. We'll see you tomorrow on Coast to Coast tonight.
0: Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and not or see what doing both means for energy nationwide at BP.com slash investing in America.
1: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh,